The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet Casino is now offering a 100% deposit match of up to $1,000 for new users. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And finally, we're brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing daily fantasy sports app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with just one entry. Head on over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, speaking of apps, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts right there in the palm of your hand. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Mighty Sports Gambling Podcast Network, up to episode number 127 of this here little show of ours. Uh, I'm going to dedicate this one to Indy, the service dog, my son's autism service dog's birthday is today. He's seven years old, so happy birthday to you, Indy, the dog, you big dumb dog. Um, but he, like everyone else in my household does not listen to this podcast so he will not hear this shout out so forget that so anyhow um we'll find out in a minute or so whether my co-host uh dog listens to the podcast but well you have to wait and see that that's called a spoiler uh not a spoiler that's called a um 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 what's the word i'm looking for my co-host wants to tell me but he's not going to i bet um it's teaser it's a teaser yes that's what it is um, who am I? You may be asking. Who's who's this idiot stumbling over his words? Who supposedly is running this show? I am known as the Pube Assassin, Jeff Fox, um, and I kind of run this here podcast. Um, I make picks, at least. Um, and usually they win. Two-thirds of the time this year, my picks win. So, Speaking of dogs, hopefully we, we can nail some underdogs this week. Uh, I found a couple... It seems to be a kind of chalk-heavy card uh, that we're going to be breaking down, but uh, maybe my co-host has a different view on it. So let's let's bring him in, and we will find out. Uh, he's the owner of the dog named Muggsy, who we're going to find out if he listens to the podcast or not. Um, you may know him as Gumby. He would be Daniel Freeland. Hello. Muggsy Bogues does not listen to this podcast. Yeah, that's what I figured. Neither, neither, neither Muggsy Bogues, my dog, or Tyrone Bogues, the former basketball player. Uh, I, I was going to ask you if he does. You sure he doesn't listen? I don't think so. He is looking, he is looking pretty wild in, in his current days. Have you seen him seen at him. like no. a game? He no. looks, he looks like um, who is the? Oh man, I don't. I'm gonna mess this up because I my wrestling references aren't on point. But you might remember who is the really looking flashy looking like SmackDown general manager from from like the early 2000s. Uh, Teddy Long. Uh, Teddy Long. Yes, he looks. He looks kind of like Teddy Long now. He's like bald, really, and he wears like really flashy suits like Teddy Long used to. <laughs> nice. Yeah. How tall is he now? I'd still five still three. Five foot yeah, four? and that's and that's if if that was ever to be believed. He was always shorter than that. I think. Yeah. Is is your dog taller than that? If your dog stood up, 
your dog named Muggsy. If your dog stood up, how tall is your dog, you think? No, he's shorter than that. He, They definitely lied to us about what he was. They said he was half German Shepherd, half Lab, and uh, he weighs 50 pounds fully grown, so either he's got some sort of genetic abnormality or, like, he's very clearly not just those two things. Yes, yes. Every uh, Mutts are the best kind of dogs to get, though, so that's, that's, that's true. fine. Whatever he is, he is, so... Um, yeah, so hopefully this will be a dog podcast. But we're going to have uh, lots of underdog picks. But like I said, I, I didn't come across too many. Did you, With before we get into everything, did you find too uh, many dogs on this upcoming car that, that you're into? I think there were a handful that I liked. I did have to think about all of them, though. Like my, my initial, I think when I went through with my initial picks, I think I left three or four blank. Um, yeah. And then I went and looked at the odds. And of all the ones I had picked, Without leaving them blank, uh, I had only one underdog. Uh, and then yeah. I, when I went back and filled those in, two or three of the ones that I had question marks near, I liked the odds enough on the underdog to go underdog. So um, okay. I do. I think I have. I think I have three or four. Okay, uh, I think maybe. I think I only have a couple. Um, but there, there's some pick 'em fights on this card too. So um, yeah, some of the odds were. I was like shocked. Like they seem to be really much higher than I expected them to be, and then they have gotten even higher since then. So I don't know what that uh, tells us. Maybe I maybe that's close as there's value, but I try to ask what Dan does. I don't swing for the fences. I guess I'm more conservative. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with you that some of them wound up being way wider than I expected them to, but one, one or two of them, I, I'm, like, shocked somebody's as big of a dog as they are. So, um, yeah, yeah de- definitely, definitely worth keeping an eye on. And our friend sent me all his picks. I refused to look at them until I made my picks and going through them now. Um, yeah, it looks like he has a few different than, than I. Did he send you picks as well? I don't. The, don't the, the person, same? I don't think he did this. Or he sent me early <laughs> leans, I think, and they were all, they weren't filled yeah. out entirely. So, so no. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, are his leads. I don't, I don't believe I have all of his picks. Yeah, it looks like I, I'm almost you're, the same. You're the favorite son now? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we badmouth you and DMs most of the time. <laughs> Good, that's what I, that's what I do on air. So there you go. Um, all right, before we get into the card, let me think. Anything of note? Uh, you know, just the usual stuff. Jorge Masvidal arrested, Conor McGregor arrested, uh, Chael Sonnen, bunch of like eleven felonies. Um, yeah, that was uh, a, that one was wild. I thought they name. dropped. Yeah, I thought they yeah, dropped I thought so too. those. <laughs> Unless this is something different that we don't know, but I don't know. No, yeah. it's, the, um, it's the same one. The Apparently, same thing, yeah. they dismissed them before without prejudice, which means they can pick them back up and charge them again. Oh, okay. Um, so they gapped right. a couple more and charged them with eleven instead of the original six. Oh yeah, but I don't know. I really have no interest in any of that stuff. Whatever, I don't care. You're, you're a bunch of dirt bags. Fine with me. Be a dirt bag. I don't care. Um, <laughs> anything of actual note? I'm trying to think. Was there any? Oh. Sounds like they're going to do part four of the fly, of the flyweight championship saga. Um, sounds like Figueredo Moreno is going to happen next. Thoughts on that? I, I think it's actually the right thing to do. Um, you know, especially from the Moreno perspective, right? Because like you already gave him the rematch after the draw, which first of all, like if there was a time to stop this whole thing, it was after the draw where he pretty much lost, but, you know, he gets the draw and the the technicality of uh, Figueredo losing a point. So, like, if there was a time to stop it, it was then. Uh, but then 
he comes out and smokes him in the second one. And then you decide to give you, – you, I guess you could have stopped it then too. Figueredo doesn't really need a third fight if he hasn't won in two. Uh, but if you give Figueredo a rematch after getting steamrolled, how do you not give one to Moreno after losing ever so slightly on points? Yeah, well, when will this stop though, Dan? <laughs> what happened? Well, right, not, right not, now it's not that we're going to complain. It's they're, they're well, right now it's one one. Right. right now it's one one and one. So yes. like, I assume when one of those numbers hits two. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but what if uh, we're assuming the next fight will go down with like a clear winner and stuff, which isn't always the case here. <laughs> I, I don't think it matters if this one has a clear winner or not. You somebody not. somebody will have one two. Uh, you know, barring. A second a draw. draw, which would be no weird contest. as hell. Um, or no contest. Yeah, we haven't gotten a no contest yet. I guess we could go to a fifth one if we get a no contest. <laughs> yes. Yes, we could. Um, let me think. Other than that, anything else worth noting? Um, going through all – I got a bunch of fights, which I'm going to have to put up on my moneymma.substack site soon because there's – a lot of fights have been announced recently. Our favorite uh, chunky guy, Alexander Romanov, stepping in and fight uh, our favorite, one of our favorite Canadians, Tanner Boaster. That should be interesting in uh, next month. So um, I don't think I like our, my Canadians' uh, chances in that one. Um, I don't. I don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, other than that, you know, nothing, too, nothing else too exciting, right? You think we're ready to jump in here? No, you, I, I, I think we're good. All right, let's do this. Uh, hopefully no one else gets arrested while we're recording this. That's all I have to say. So, um, All right, we're, we're going to talk about UFC Fight Night Blades versus Daukus, a.k.a. UFC Fight Night 205, a.k.a. UFC on ESPN Plus 63, a.k.a. UFC Columbus, because this one is actually in Columbus, Ohio. It is not a Vegas one. So two weeks in a row, we're getting a non-Vegas card. But before we jump into that, let me tell you about our friends at WinBet, what they have going on. Looking for Vegas-style casino fun in the palm of your hand? Look no further, further than WinBet, the premier online casino from the five-star Win Resorts properties. From classic table games to all the best slots, thrills, and jackpots, WinBet has everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. Sign up today and receive a 100% first match up to $1,000. WinBet win hour from 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific time. They have better prices in all selected games, or on selected games, excuse me. Anyone who has the WinBet app is alerted right on the hour when that is starting. So betters who wager at least 500 bucks in the first and second round of the NCAA tournament will also earn entry into the grind for a trip to win Las Vegas. So I guess that is over with. It's still in my ad copy. But regardless, hopefully you guys got into that. So much to choose from. All you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And also don't forget about Merch Madness on our site. Looking for some sweet, a sweet SGPN hoodie so you can be like Jeff. Every day, March Madness games are being played. We, as in SGPN, will be giving away a hoodie. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash merch, M-E-R-C-H, madness. To enter, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash merch madness. Do you have an SGPN hoodie, Dan? I do, yeah. Yeah, you do. There you go. I think I have two hoodies and uh, like a long sleeve running shirt. And they are all top quality stuff. So um, they all, they're head turners, let me tell you. People love seeing SGPN on, on your body. So, all right. Enough of that. Let's get into this here card. We've got six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve fights. Oh, thirteen fights, excuse me. 
because um, one was just added. Uh, this is another ESPN Plus card, and it's also another card. I do I have a start time? Hmm, I think I had it. Four o'clock. Four o'clock. There we go. So four prelim, seven main card. Does that sound right to you? That sounds right. And that it would be Eastern Standard Time, the best um, time zone to live in. Uh, sorry to everyone else who listens in other time zones, but Eastern Time Zone is the greatest time zone. All right, let's jump into featherweights to begin things. Uh, actually, is are we going to start with that? Because Wikipedia has things in the wrong order, I believe. No, they have this one right at least. Featherweights: Luis Saldana versus Bruno Souza, who was just on top turtle last week, right? I think I heard Bruno Souza correct. You did, yeah. He's a comedian. <laughs> he is, yes, he wants to be a stand-up comedian. You can hear that in Dan's other podcast, one of his other podcasts, uh, Top Turtle MMA. All right, he is in a pick 'em fight pretty much uh, this weekend. Let's tell you about him first. He is the Tiger. He's ten and two, one knockout, two submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. Oh, one the UFC. Previously, he was the LFA champ. He's five years younger than Saldana, minus one hundred five on him. We saw Dan at 15 and 7, nine knockouts, five submissions. So everything is a finish for him except for one fight. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. He's 1 and 1 in the UFC. He lost his last fight after winning his debut. He was 1 0 in the Contender Series. He's been in the game since 2011 as a pro. He has multiple regional championships on his. Say it. On his mantle. Your mantle, correct. On his mantle. <laughs> Please pay, pay attention. Uh, he's one inch taller. Then Souza, three inches of reach, striking stats in his favor. Active, he's more active striking as well. Grappling stats also in his favor. Uh, he's at minus one fifteen, so almost a pick him. He's a slight favorite in this. We'll let we'll let Dan go first. I'm gonna go with Bruno Souza in this one. Um, I here's the thing. Uh, coming off the Contender Series, I actually really liked Luis Saldana, and since then, I've kind of soured on on what I'm seeing out of him. Like. Uh, he didn't look amazing kickboxing Jordan Griffin, who I don't really think all that highly of. And then Austin Lingo really took it to him. Um, the thing I think people forget about Bruno Souza is in addition to being a, a kickboxer and he, he very much likes his, his karate style that he talks about regularly. And he very much likes being known as a karate guy. He is a jujitsu black belt though, too. Like he's, he's very good on the mat if it does go there. So it's funny because I think he's got a lot of advantages in a whole bunch of different places. Ultimately, I think he's going to be faster than Saldana. Really all Saldana's got going for him here is he is going to have that reach advantage, but I don't think he's faster. I don't think he's a better striker. And even with the reach, it's not really that much, uh, nor does he do a particularly job, good job fighting long. So yeah, I think I like Bruno Souza in this one. We're different right off the bat. I'm taking Luis Saldana in this one. Um, I like his finishing ability. Um, I like his all-round game. I think uh, um, like this is a very close fight on paper, obviously, but um, I'm going to differ with you. I will, will be taking Saldana. So there we go. We finally finally differ right out of the gate. So maybe this will be a crazy week. Maybe we're going to differ in a bunch of fights. So we shall see. Oh, plus Saldana does not have that stank on him from Top Turtle. I don't think <laughs> Top Turtle's been doing well, though. You you yeah, lay off the been. Top Turtle. <laughs> but it's about, you know, it's got to regress to the mean eventually, Dan. Let's just wait <laughs> these things work. Why, uh, let me see, what do we have next? Flyweight, how about? Um, Mintias Nikolai versus David Dvorak. Um, this fight, if we're ranking fights in order of importance and, and how good the fighters are, this fight should be much farther up the card, but it doesn't really matter. And we get to watch all of it anyhow. Um, all right, so we got... 
Matthias Nicolau, 17, 2 and 1, 4 knockouts, 5 submissions. He's been knocked out twice, so both of his losses have come via knockout. He's 6 and 1 in the UFC. He's won 4 straight fights. He used to fight at Bantamweight. He was on the Ultimate Fighter where he went 2 and 1. He made his debut in MMA at 2010, a pro, pro debut. He's an inch taller than Dvorak. Striking and grappling stats in his favor, plus 112. Dvorak is the undertaker. He's 20-3, eight knockouts, eight submissions, so very well-rounded. Uh, he's been knocked out once. It's the only time he's been stopped. He's 3-0 in the UFC. Um, he won via – is he 3 Yeah, he's 3-0 in the UFC, correct. Yeah, he won his last fight via submission. Uh, he was the GCF champ. Uh, he made his debut in 2010 as well. Two inches of reach on Nikolau. More active striker, minus 135. I'm going dog. I'm taking Matthias Nikolau. I like – obviously, I like his, his – um, I like that he's got striking and grappling stats in his favor. I also like his strength of schedule a bit more than Dvorak's, um, and I like the tear that he's been on. Once again, this is a, a, another very close fight. Um, two guys who could you could see one day um, challenging for the flyweight belt, perhaps. But I will take the dog money here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on this one. This is one of the dogs I really like. Um, Good. Yeah, this is this is one of the ones. Uh, that when I looked at it, I was I just was already picking Matthias Nicolau and was kind of surprised to find that he was an underdog because like the the strength of schedule for me is another big factor here because if you look back, this is a guy who outgrappled Manel Kipe, he outgrappled Tim Elliott, um, and he won decisions against both of those guys. In addition to that, we've seen some really, really, really solid, not just takedowns, but really, really solid grappling ability. Um, Back in the regional scene, he had a Japanese necktie, which is pretty damn impressive. You know, he he doesn't have a particularly high takedown rate, but that happens when you're fighting, you know, Dustin Ortiz and Tim Elliott and things like that. But Dvorak, good with the takedowns, good with stuffing those, but ultimately, like, I'm not sure good enough to to significantly hang with Nicolau for a whole fight. So, yeah, I like Nicolau's grappling here to take over, and I like the plus money for a second fight in a row. There you go. Nicolau is the pick. Um, The true main event next, the people's main event, women's flyweight, Jennifer Maya versus Manon Fioro. Um, Fioro is the beast. Maya has no nickname. Uh, Former title challenger, we'll we'll call her. Uh, She's 19-8-1, four knockouts, five submissions, She's been knocked out once, submitted once. She's 5-4 and four in the UFC. She's gotten loss, win, loss, win, loss. Somehow she got a title shot in the middle of that, that there streak, but there you go. She's not won or lost, for that matter, a uh, two fights in a row in over five fights now. She lost her last fight. Will the pattern continue? Will she win this one? We shall see. Uh, she's missed weight twice in the past. She was in Invicta before where she was the champ, and she was 4-2. and two. She used to fight up a weight class at Bantamweight. She made her debut in 2009. She also was 3-0 as a pro boxer, plus 340 coming back on her. Uh, the Beast, Manon Firo, 8-1, six knockouts. Never been finished in a fight. 3-0 in the UFC. She's won eight straight fights, so she dropped her pro debut, and that was it. She's got multiple regional championships on her. Manto. <laughs> <laughs> Three inches taller, one inch reach, two years younger than Maya. Striking stats in her favor. She's almost two times more active striking as well. Grappling stats as well in her favor, minus 450. Do I even have to ask no. you who we're picking here, Dan? She's, I, I, first of all, picking. it is really crazy that she is that big of a favorite over the number four woman in the world, though. That really tells you what the public People already knows. 
Well, and, and that the public already <laughs> knows about Manolfi Rowe, right? Like, I've had her higher yeah. ranked in the rankings for quite a while. I think I'm actually all that's probably propping up her ranking at this point in time because if, if I'm ranking her as high as I am, uh, other people must be ranking her way, way lower in order to drag her ranking down because, look, I, I think she is very clearly one of the, the top two or three women in this division, uh, which is why you see her as a four-to-one favorite over the number four woman in the world. And look, Jennifer Maya needs to get her down to win this fight, and Manon Firo's takedown defense is stellar. Uh, I think she just absolutely peppers Jennifer Maya on the feet, and I look, I think you can look for props uh, as far as finishing, too, because they, they typically do not give uh, really good finishing odds to women's fights, but uh, and I haven't really dug in on this one yet, but I'm betting that's the way you want to go if you're betting Manon Firo. Uh, you think she's going to finish her? Do you think she's going to finish her, or you just think that's the best? I think she's going to finish her. I think she's 100% going to finish her. Really? Yes. She is a beast. She, she, she is, is a beast, quite literally. Oh, and I'm, even... seeing, I'm seeing some odds now. We're going to talk about that later on. Good. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll tag along then. You're uh, welcome yeah. to. <laughs> Fiero is the pick, even though Maya's only been stopped twice in 28 fights. So um, that's, uh, that's something to keep in mind. Um, plus, I guess she's never fought a beast before. She fought the... Did Shevchenko finish her? I can't remember. She did. She did not. But she, she fought kind okay. of safe, which is she, not Manolfiro. That's not Manolfiro's style. <laughs> she's not a beast. She's not a beast. All right. Um, what should I tell you about next? Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about a new a new sponsor of ours. Um, Trade Coffee, ladies and gentlemen. Ninety percent of coffee from the grocery store is actually stale. You heard that right. The coffee you know and think you love needs an upgrade. Instead of rebuying the same old. Same old. Let Trade Coffee send you something freshly roasted that you're literally guaranteed to love. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you as often as you like, whole or ground. Whether you're a coffee nerd, are you a coffee nerd, Dan? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a nerd. I don't know a terrible lot about coffee, uh, but I do love good coffee. I figured... (laughs) Uh, with that other profession of yours, I figured you'd be into coffee. So, I do drink. I do drink a lot of coffee. Yes, yes. So, if you're a coffee nerd or you just want a better daily cup, Trades Real Coffee Experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. Take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. Trade has been featured by the New York Times, Wired, GQ, and has delivered over 5 million bags of coffee. The subscription is no hassle. Skip payments. I'm sorry. Skip payments would be nice, but skip shipments. Change your frequency or cancel at any time. And for listeners right now, Trade Coffee is offering a total of 20 bucks off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com slash SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started. Take their quiz at drinktrade.com slash SGP. And start your journey to your perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for 20 bucks off your first three bags. And when you are online, go in there. Make sure you use IPVanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, and, and your ISP and other prying eyes. I screwed that up, but let's try it again. Hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data 
This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. So computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to IPVanish.com slash SGP and use promo, promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. All right, moving on to a fight that just got added. It is in the middleweight division, and it has a couple of really fun names to say. Alice, Alice Hobb? Alice Cobb? I guess, I guess the K is silent, right? Ali Hobb? Ali, 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 Ali Hobb. Aliyah Saab. Aliyah Saab. I know it's Kizriyaz. Yeah. Kizriyaz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You taught me this one. Dennis. Tui Luilin. Tui Where is he from? Tui. Dennis. Russia. Tui Luilin. He's a Russian. And Kizriyaz is also Russian. Okay. Got it. All right. Tui Luilin is taking this on short notice. He is 9-5 with one no contest. Eight knockouts. Uh, so eight out of his nine victims have been knocked out. He's been knocked out himself once, submitted twice. He's four and one over his last five, including a TKO win on, in his last fight, which was back in March of 2021. This is his UFC debut on short notice. He's got four inches of height on Kizriev. I don't have his reach, so you probably would guess that he probably has a reach advantage as well, but uh, there's no official record of his reach at this time. Plus 400 on him. Kizriev, 13-0. Five knockouts, four submissions. This also is his debut. You may know him from the Contender Series, which he won back in September of 2020. Uh, he's minus 550 on him. Um, I'll go chalk on this. I don't know a heck of a lot about both guys. I guess I saw Kizria fight on the Contender Series. Like, I remember that. But Dan's going to let us know about both guys. Even though you said Tui Luilin, you don't know much about, right? Or yeah, I had to look up a little bit on, on Tui Luilin. Uh, he, he, by the way, I, I watched a little bit of a film on him. He is, I don't think, UFC caliber. He just, like, doesn't belong in the UFC. Um, lost nine. He's lost five times on, like, regional. <laughs> on the yeah, regional and, like, so you like, you know, you mentioned the big knockout power. I would just say he doesn't look like he can stuff a takedown very well. Um, and when you're do, you're fighting on the Russian circuit – that that goes poorly for you, it turns out. Uh, and Kizriev is really good at that. So good at that that he actually took down and grounded pounded out Husamal Paharis, um, which is, you know, like you went to the ground with Paharis and you lived to tell the tale. Uh, you're you're pretty good. I will say I, I've seen some things that I don't love about Kizriev, uh, particularly in the striking, but I don't think this will be up there all that long. And I think ultimately – he will justify the very large number next to his name. So uh, despite the crazy number here, I am taking Kizriev. Yes, uh, we both are taking him. So we agree on that. Uh, moving along to a what wait, bantamweight class, how about? Chris Gutierrez versus Danan Batgarel. Um, do we have nicknames? Let me see. It wants my spreadsheets mess up here. Uh, yes, El Guapo, Gutierrez, Storm, Batgirl. 
Let's talk about El Guapo Gutierrez. First, 17-4 and 2, seven knockouts, one submission as a pro. He's been submitted once. He's 5-1-1 in the UFC. He's won two straight, and he's gone undefeated in six. He used to fight up at featherweight. This is at Bantamweight. He was 1-1 in World Series of Fighting, 1-0 in Bellator. He was the regional champ. He's got two inches height, two years younger than Baccarat. Striking and grappling stats in his favor, plus 128. Baccarat Storm, 12 and 2, eight knockouts, two submissions, never been finished in a fight. Three and one in the UFC, dropped his debut, won three straight, all via a form of knockout or TKO. Used to fight at featherweight, used to fight at lightweight, also was a regional champ. 2011 pro debut for him, three inches of reach. He's more active than Gutierrez, minus 155. Your turn, Gumby. I'm going to take Bakarel Dana. Uh, I really think uh, his speed here is really going to carry this fight. Uh, while I like Gutierrez and I, I've seen really positive things off of him, there there have been times where he looks kind of hit, hittable. And I will say this about Bakarel Dana. Like, first of all, he's he's so fast. But in addition to being so fast, he hits so hard. So I don't think Gutierrez is going to have to screw up more than once for this to really matter because – did not, I mean, like, it, go back and watch any of those three knockouts in a row that Dana has had. Like, the Brandon Davis one is pretty damn impressive. But, like, the Kevin DeTivy Dodd one, I mean, just lightning fast. And, you know, if we're going back and we're looking at Guido Canetti, who's coming off of a win, and granted, not the maybe the against the best opponent, but Guido Canetti looked fast in that fight. He looked like he was standing still against Bakarel Dana. So, yeah, I'm all over Dana here. I, I think he takes this one pretty easily um, just by outstriking Gutierrez. And the fact that, like, you know, Gutierrez likes to strike. So he's going to strike, and and I don't think uh, he tries to turn this even remotely into a, a grappling match. Well, I'm going to go dog regardless, Dan. Um, yeah. Like one. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I, the, the power obviously is, is a concern. Um He's much more accurate striker, slightly better defender, um, striking, better grappler, even though he doesn't rely on grappling much. Um, and I like his, his uh, strength schedule over over Baccarat. So I think he's worth a splash. Um, he's not going to be a recommended play, but um, picking a winner, I, I'll go dog money here once again. So there you go. Um, all right, moving on to women's fight again. Women's abandonweight we're up to now. Sarah McMahon versus Carol. Hosa. Um say about McMahon first. Twelve and six. One knock one knockout, five submissions. She's been knocked out herself once, submitted four times. She's six and six in the UFC. She's only won one of her last four fights. Uh she lost her last fight via submission, which was back in January of twenty twenty one. So she's been out of the cage for over a year now. Uh she all fought in Invicta once where she went one and oh. She made her MMA debut in two thousand and eleven. She very famously was a uh, silver medalist in the Olympics in wrestling. Um Tons of wrestling accolades as well. Uh, tons of grappling championships. Uh, she's an inch taller than Hosa. Her uh, UFC grappling stats are better than Hosa's. She's also uh, and she is on the board at plus two hundred. Uh, Hosa's fifteen and three, four knockouts, two submissions. She's been submitted twice in her career. She's won f- uh, all four of her UFC fights, and she's won six straight in total. She used to fight up at featherweight. Made her debut in twenty twelve. She's got an inch of reach on McMahon. Fourteen years for her junior. Striking stats in her favor, and she's almost three and a half times more active striking than McMahon, minus 220. Um, I will take Hosa here. Um, striking is going to be far too much for McMahon. Uh, McMahon is not very good on the feet to begin with, and then Hosa is extremely active striking. Uh, Hosa hasn't fought the greatest of competitions, so this will be a bit of a step up, but 
the age gap too is is insane. 14 years. Um, assuming she could, uh, she's had good takedown defense. Obviously, she's never fought someone on Sarah McMahon's level, but uh, I think she can pass this test with her striking. So Hosa Sipek. Yeah, I like Hosa. I will say I am a tad worried in this fight about uh, whether or not Sarah McMahon gets in on the takedowns. Not necessarily because I think she's so much better uh, than than Carol Hosa when it comes to grappling, but it's because I think Carol Hosa just kind of like accepts being on the bottom and like working for submissions. And sometimes that's really great for her. Like she does a really good job of that. Um, but like, if you've watched some of her fights before she got to the UFC, sometimes she just like gets comfy on the back, but luckily for her. And the reason why I am going to take her in this fight is I think uh, kind of wisely, she will use her footwork and her striking to stay away from those takedowns. Um, but like, if she doesn't, it, we could look really bad with this pick. So I will say this up front. Not one of my recommended plays, but I am going to go with Carol Rosa. Yeah. How about Hosa, Dan? Are you going to go with Hosa? Or Rosa? Yeah, I guess I'm going to go with Hosa. I know this one's Rosa, though. <laughs> it's not Rosa. It's definitely she's, Rosa. <laughs> she's she's uh, Brazilian, so it's not Rosa. She's Carol Hosa. Oh, just wait till the broadcast, Dan. We'll find out. We'll find out. All right. Let's move to, I was going to say the main event, but it's not the main event yet. Uh, we are up to welterweight fight between Neil Magny and, actually, uh, Wikipedia has this as the main event, but other sites don't. So it could be, it could, it may not be. But anyhow, welterweight, it's Neil Magny, Max Griffin. Uh, Magny, the Haitian sensation. Griffin, nickname is Payne. Um, Griffin, 18 and 8, nine knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once, the only time he's been finished. Six and six in the UFC. However, he's won three straight and four of six. He was on the Ultimate Fighter where he went 0 and 1. He used to fight at middleweight. He's got multiple regional championships on his mantle. You didn't even cue me up to hat. <laughs> no, on. I didn't. Excuse me. You, I, I forgot you came the up short. <laughs> I did. Uh, 2009 debut for him. Striking, active striking, and grappling stats all in his favor, plus 195. Uh, the Haitian sensation, Magni, 25 and 8, 7 knockouts, 3 submissions. He's been knocked out uh, twice, submitted 4 times, 18 and 7 in the UFC. He's been around for a while. Yeah, I think he has the most minutes fought in the welterweight division in the UFC, I believe I heard. A stat. I wouldn't, I like I, that. that would surprise me even a little bit. No. There you go. He's uh, 4 and 1, so he's not slowing down yet. Um, so he's won four of his last five, including his last fight. He also was ultimate fighter because everything always comes back to the ultimate fighter. He went three and one. Used to also used to fight at middleweight. He made his debut in 2010, four inches height, four inches of reach, which pretty much he has over everyone in welterweight class. Uh, he's also two years younger somehow than Max Griffin. How's that possible? Right. Uh, it he's been around crazy. Yeah. Minus 240 on Magni. Uh, you. It's me. I'm actually going to take Max Griffin in this one. I was thinking of that, but I I got persuaded out of it. But, like, here's the thing. I think think Neil Magny would win this fight if he chose to wrestle. I just don't think he's going to choose to wrestle, um, which I think is a problem for him. And I, I don't know that he's a better boxer than Max Griffin, and I don't think the reach is all the... Like, you know, he's used to having a massive reach advantage, right? Like, he's a guy who's got tons of reach, uh, you know, 80 inches at at that. But, like, it's also not like Max Griffin doesn't have a lot. He's got 77 inches of reach. So, like, that's a lot, too. Um, So, like, I'm not as worried about the reach. And I would say I ultimately think Max Griffin is, like, a better technical boxer. 
Um, whereas Magny like relies a little bit more on his reach. So yeah, I, I think I'm going to go Max Griffin. I, I think if the odds were closer in here, I'd be taking a closer look at Neil Magny, but with them as far apart as they are, I, I think Max Griffin's really the only play here. Yeah, I was, I was considering it. Um, listening to other podcasts and reading things, I, I, I switch back to, to Magny on this, uh, even though Griffin has, has been on a tear. Um, like you said, Magny's should be able to grapple him, but will he? I don't know, but um, I, I'll, I'll be taking the Asian sensation regardless. So, um, oh, Okay, here's a little trivia yes. for you before we move on. What is Neil Magny's first name? Oh, yeah, he's, it's not oh, it's, it's not Cornelius either. He's, it, it's, it's a different one because he's from... Haiti, so it's probably not a, a uh, maybe it's a name familiar in Haiti, but not here. So lay it on me. I can't remember. It, it's Aout Neil. <laughs> okay, yes. It's, it's spelled yes. A-O-U-T-N-E-I-L. So it is Neil, but it is, uh, there's some letters before it as well. So yes. Yes. Uh, which I, I did not know. It was very surprising. It was like when I found out Cub Swanson's name isn't Cub uh, after all yes. these years. <laughs> here you go. There you go. Um, do you know that um, Vyacheslav Borshevs is his real name and not Slavoklas, the person we're talking yeah, about now? Yeah, I, I, I did weirdly know that. <laughs> really? All right. Well, he's fighting lightweight fight against Mark Diakasey, the bone crusher. So we got bone crusher versus Slavoklas. Um, Mark Diakasey is 14-5, six knockouts, one submission. He's been submitted twice in his career. He's 5-5 five and five in the UFC. He's lost two straight, last one via submission. He's gone two and five over his last seven so he started off three and oh looked like uh an exciting exciting prospect on the rise i remember he was on the top turtle podcast and now he's gone two and five so uh, i don't know if, if the timeline lines up there um, always, always do, trying to pile it on <laughs> i do remember him being on your podcast years ago correct yes he was correct yes and now now he's not good anymore right uh, I don't. Things. I don't know about that. Max Griffin has been on my podcast, and he's on a three-fight winning streak. It's true. I didn't ask <laughs> with him though. But anyhow, he's got multiple regional championships on his mantle. At least you cued me up this time. Yep. Four <laughs> inches of reach. One year younger. Grappling stats in his favor. Plus one sixty. Slava Claus, six and one, five knockouts. Never been finished in a fight. He's one and zero in the UFC. UFC, whatever that is. UFC via knockout. One and zero on the Contender Series. He's won four straight, all via finish. He's got an inch of height on DKC, striking stats in his favor, plus he's twice more active striking, minus 182. Got to go Slava Claus all day until we see what the ceiling is here. Uh, He is my pick. Yeah, and I think DKC has got a lot more skills to test him here. Um, But ultimately, like, I I think Slava Claus hits too hard. He's too fast. Um, He gets up really fast when he is taken down. So even if he does wind up getting taken down here, I'm not terribly worried about it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Slava Claus as well. There you go. Um, all right. Uh, what do we have here? Now, that might be the main event or it might be uh, main event prelims or it might be the opener of the main card, depending on what site you're trusting here. So, um, all right. Before we get on to the rest of the card, let me tell you about our last two sponsors, Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. Best part is, now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. 
Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuo.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. Plus, PropSwap. We are brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is in full swing, and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every tournament, PropSwappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Then after you make your purchase, you can either go for the win or resell your bet at any time to lock in a profit. That would be like Dave from Chicago, who purchased a $100 to one North Carolina championship ticket on PropSwap in January and then resold it on PropSwap for 500 bucks. Use promo code SGP when you make your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to 500 bucks. Double cash means double the odds. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale, loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and the first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP when your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, moving on to a hilarious heavyweight fight. <laughs> I was going to say, it makes Dan giggle every time, and it did it's again. So, it's so stupid. <laughs> he, his giggle turned into a guffaw, even. It is a Iller Latifi versus Alexi Olianik fight. Um, a short old guy versus a big old guy. Uh, we got the Sledgehammer versus the Boa Constrictor. The sideboat. Olianik first. Is he the oldest? I was going to look this up. Is he the oldest guy in the UFC at this point? I think he made yes. it. Yes. And, and I would add this. He for sure? I am 100% sure he is the oldest man in the UFC. And Sarah McMahon is actually the oldest woman in the UFC now that um, oh. Marion Renault has retired. And with Matt Brown being over 41, it is a fight card with three 40-plus-year-olds. Wow, yeah. We had... Um, yeah, the past few cards have had a bunch of like uh, fighters that look like kids on it, and now we've got the the old heads. How old is Olianik? And this he's forty. Is he forty five? I believe he's like forty six, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, only forty four. We, we were uh, selling him short. He was only born in seventy seven. Oh, really? All right, nineteen seventy seven. He right. was. So he will be forty. He'll be forty five in a couple months. Oh, um, my anniversary! Oh my god. June 25th, he was born on my anniversary, Dan. I wasn't married in 1977, though. Um, Matt Brown is, what, 41, you said? Yep. And, and I believe McMahon that's is, the I same think. age as Sarah McMahon. She's 41. Okay. There you go. The old heads are out to play. All right. So this is a heavyweight battle. Uh, I was going to tell you about the bull constrictor first, the old guy. Listen to his record. This will make you chuckle as well. 59-16-1. Eight knockouts, 46 submissions. 46 submissions, Dan. <laughs> Think of that. That's insane. It's great though. <laughs> if you I wonder if you add everyone else up in this card, I bet they don't even I bet we don't even hit forty six submissions. I, w- I wouldn't imagine. No. No, I'm lo- I'm skimming through it. No, there's no way. Uh, if we add every other fighter on this card, uh, all of the submission wins, they are not gonna come close to forty six. Um he's also been knocked out nine times and submitted twice. He's eight and seven in the UFC. He's lost three straight. Uh, when he won two of his last five, it's almost like he's gotten old. I don't, I don't know. Um, one and one in Bellator. He's got multiple regional championships on his mantle. Yeah, <laughs> I'm tired of it too. But I figure I have to keep it going. I have to keep it going though, since I started it. Uh, two. He's made his debut in 1996. 
So I haven't done this for a while. Dan, what were you doing in 1996? Playing Little League, I guess. No, I was too young for Little League. Really? You were, yeah. you were seven. That's, that's too young. For, T-ball? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I might have been T-ball or, like, coach's pitch. Okay. Little League is 9 to 12 in, in America. And actually all over the world. It's, and, and all over really? the world it's 9, nine to okay. 12. Yeah, yeah. Wrestling Barris or, like? I mean, I've been doing that since I was two, so we can't really. That's true. <laughs> all right. Um, video games? Uh, I was probably I was probably into my my was N sixty four out by then I feel like I would have been playing N sixty four yeah that sounds good would have been really sounds... into Smash really into Smash Brothers yes my son is into Smash Brothers now so but there the new go. ones all suck so do they I I, feel, I was never feel free to it. tell him that tell him tell him Gumby says I will. <laughs> Gumby says he, the new Smash Brothers all suck <laughs> he was getting super he was getting super angry because Luigi was beating him the other day with with his hammer so um he, he may agree with you at this point so um back to Mr Olianic um four inches of height over Latifi seven inches of reach uh you, you would have thought he'd be much taller than that, but he's not that. He's only four inches difference. Uh, he's twice more uh, active striking, which is a surprise. Rapid stats in his favor, plus 155 coming back in him. Ilya Latifi, the sledgehammer, 15 and 8, one no contest, six knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out four times. He's 8 and 6 in the UFC. He's only won one of his last four fights. He used to fight at light heavyweight. Uh, he's a regional champ. Made his debut in 2008. He also is a grappling champ. He's six years younger. Uh, based on the last weigh-ins, he's tw- he was 12 pounds heavier than Olianik somehow. Uh, minus 223. Uh, your turn. I'm going to take Alexi Olenek. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think I, – I mean, like, what what is Latifi's path to victory here? Like, Sledgehammering him. I mean, maybe, but, like, do you really <laughs> think Latifi's going to go in there and knock him dead? Like, no, not not I, not, I, not for certain. No, Chris Dawkins did and Derek Lewis did, but apart from that, who else is in there knocking out Alexi Olenek? Like, you know, we're, Verdum didn't, Maurice Green didn't, like, Sergei Spivak didn't. Like, and, and I don't think of Latifi as some, like, big, crazy knockout artist, right? No. He hasn't, especially at heavyweight, like, he, he, when was the last time he knocked anybody out? Like, uh, looks like here, the last time he knocked somebody out was Sean O'Connell, who's an, an announcer now, and that was six years ago. So if he's not going to go in there and knock out Alexi Olenek, I, I mean, yeah, I guess he could tire him out, right, and, and win a weird decision. But, like, even that, you're going to have to be in the clinch with him, and it doesn't even have to hit the ground for him to sub you, right? Like, we've seen him hit those Ezekiel jokes standing uh, and then fall with him. So I, I think Olenek probably just, in very similar fashion to Paul Craig last weekend, doesn't look like he's winning this fight in any facet. It hits the ground and he wins it. Um, regardless, I'm taking Latifi. I don't know the the uh, don't have a clear path to victory. Only Olenek's um, definitely going to get tired um, in the fight. I, I can't back him at this point. Um, not that Latifi's a world beater either at this point, but he is younger uh, and he has never been submitted in a fight. I don't even know if, if he has a neck. Uh, for him to him to latch onto, so um, if he does, we'll find it. <laughs> you'll find it. Let's see if he's the pick, regardless. So we go from the uh, big guys down to the little ones, flyweights. Askar Askarov versus Kai Kara France. We got Bullet versus Don't Blink. Um, tell you about Don't Blink first. Kai Kara France, twenty three and nine with one no contest, eleven knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted three times. 
six and two in the UFC. He's won two straight and three of four. The last two fights have uh, he's won via knockout or TKO. He's one and one one and one, excuse me, on the Ultimate Fighter because it all comes back to that. Um, used to fight at Bantamweight, was a regional champ, made his debut in 2010. He's got two inches reach on Askarov, one and a half times more active striking, plus 275. Bullet, Askarov, 14-0-1, four knockouts, seven submissions, 3-0-1 in the UFC. He's won three straight fights. However, he's been out of the cage since March of 2021. Uh, he has missed weight in the past. He was the ACB champ before this. He also was a wrestling champ. Two inches of height on Kaikara France. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 350. Uh, Askarov is the pick since we both have him um, as our pick to be champ at the end of this year. I got to pick him here. Um, grappling, obviously, the wrestling is going to carry the day for him. Plus, He's fought. He's already fought everyone um, who is anyone in in the uh, in the division. So, um, Kaikara France is not going to be a step up competition. It's actually kind of a little bit of a step down for him um, since he's fought former champs uh, already and Joseph Benavidez Benavidez of the world. Minus three fifty. Askarov is the pick for me. Yeah, and I'm gonna stay away from this one on recommended plays too. Mostly, yeah, yeah just because like. You're right. It is a step down in competition in terms of like purely talking about who's a better fighter, right? Like Joseph Benavidez long term has been a better fighter than Kaikara France. But at the same time, like Kaikara France is a very different battle here, right? For Askar Askarov, right? He He's a strike heavy guy. He's a guy who likes to kickbox. He's a guy who's damn fast with his hands. I think Askarov ultimately is going to neutralize that. But the the fact that there is something there for Kaikara France. At least gives me enough pause to be like, yeah, I'm not going to empty out the bank account on Askar Askarov. Yeah, I have to agree with that. So, um, all right, moving on. Walter Waits, Matt Brown versus Brian Barberina. Both of them are top turtle alums. I know Barberina's been on a bunch of times. Is Matt, I think Matt Brown's been on, right? Matt Brown has been on, and you can actually catch my interview with him uh, on another outlet. Keep an eye on my Twitter, and you'll you'll be able to see a video interview. You're going to get to see Gumby's face a little bit more often. Oh, if wow. You, uh, That's right. So follow me on Twitter, at Gumby Freeland. There you go. Uh, this one is a pick'em uh, fight. we got the immortal Matt Brown versus Bam Bam Barbarina. We'll tell you about Bam Bam first. 16 and 8, 10 knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. Seven and six in the UFC. He's got win, loss, win over his last three fights. So he won his last one. Used to fight at middleweight. Used to fight at lightweight. This is right smack dab in the middle. Well, it's great. Made his debut in 2009. He's eight years younger than Brown. One and a half times more active striking. Uh, he's also a farmer. Uh, I learn a lot about farming every time he's on Dan's podcast. Minus 110. Uh, Matt, the immortal Brown, 23 and 18. 15 knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out three times. Submitted 10 times. 16 and 12 in the UFC. He's won one of his last three, which was his last fight. He won via knockout. Uh, he has missed weight in the past. He was on the Ultra Fighter, of course, where he went 2-1. Used to fight at middleweight as well. He made his UFC debut in 2008 and his pro debut in 2005. He was a regional champ. He's got three inches of reach on Barbarina, striking and grappling stats in his favor, minus 110. So this is smack dab, um, a pick them. They're both at minus 110, and we'll let Gumby go first. I'm going to take Matt Brown in this one. Um, the reason why is, is I think Brian Barberena has a lot of good durability, has a lot of reasons to like him in a lot of fights. However, I actually think Matt Brown could choose to wrestle here if things aren't going his way on the feet. And to be perfectly clear, I, I kind of expect things to go well on the feet. 
Um, so while I really like Barbarena and I, I really always hope he does well, th- this for me is just kind of a bad style matchup for him. I, I think, you know, Brown being still kind of a dangerous striker and the type of guy who wins it by any means possible. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Brown here. I am too. That's surprising. I wouldn't, wouldn't have thought 2022 I'm picking Matt Brown in a fight, but yeah, I am. And I like, I like the, um, the pick em odds on it too. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think Barbarina has, um, I think Brown pretty much has got the, got the advantage anywhere this fight, uh, this fight takes it where this fight takes place. See, we're getting near the end of the, the podcast is, um, just having trouble with words. So, yeah, do you see Barbarina having an advantage in any real the striking or grappling aspect here? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, like, maybe pressure, like like his, his footwork might work out better here. But, like, ultimately, I think that footwork and that pressure just winds up to him getting taken down more often, right? Like, yes. unfortunately. And, and the man's name's Immortal, so who cares how old he is? Uh, we will be picking the Immortal one, so... All right, brings us to the co-main event, women's flyweight, Joanne Calderwoodwood versus Alexa Grasso. Um, so we got JoJo Calderwoodwood versus no nickname in Grasso. Um, Wood, 15-7, five knockouts, one submission. She's been subbed four times in her career. She's 7-7 seven seven in the UFC uh, because she's lost two straight, only won one of her last four and two of her last six. So a definite slump. She lost her last fight via submission. She used to fight down at strawweight. Uh, she was missing weight. Now she's up at flyweight. She also was on the Ultimate Fighter, of course, where she went one and one. She also was in Invicta, where she went four and zero. Oh. She also was a pro kickboxer, where she went nineteen and two. She made his, her MMA debut in two thousand and twelve. She's an inch taller than Grasso, active, more active striker, better grappling stats too, plus two twenty. Grasso thirteen and three, four knockouts. She's been submitted once in her career. It's one time she's been stopped. She's five and three in the UFC. Uh, she won two straight and three of four. However, she's been out of the cage since February of 2021. Uh, you, she also used to be a strawweight and was missing weight, and now she's at flyweight. Uh, 4-0 and in Invicta as well, so uh, a lot of similarities here. Made her debut in 2012 as well. She's got an inch of reach on Wood, eight years younger than her, minus 271. Um, I think it's me. Grasso is the pick. Wood is, yeah, I think her best days are behind her. Um, Grasso seems to have figure things out and is is on a search now and um yeah she, she's winning this fight yeah i agree with you uh you know i i think my biggest problem here with uh what is is just that like she is gonna win fights by kickboxing she, she's mixed in the wrestling a little bit but like that that's how she wins her fights right it's kickboxing i think she's just slower than grasso here uh ultimately it's a bad matchup for that reason like it's it's somebody who's better at her best thing. So yeah, I like Grasso here in like a kind of a changing of the guard style fight. Yep. Um, all right. Main event time, big boys, heavyweights. This is one of the fights where I was, I was surprised by the, uh, how sizable the odds were in it. Um, we got Curtis blades versus Chris Adelkis, uh, razor blades. Dawkins does not have a nickname. Um, he is 12 and four with 11 knockouts. He's been knocked out himself three times and submitted once. So everything's been a finish uh, except for one fight in his career. He's 4-1 in the UFC, lost his last fight via knockout to Derek Lewis. Striking stats in his favor, plus he's what 2.2 times more active striking than Blades is, plus 290 on him. Razor Blades, 15-3 with one no contest. He's knocked out 10 people. He's been knocked out himself three times. 
all of his losses have come via knockout. However, the people he's lost to are Francis Ngannou twice and Derek Lewis once. So the two most fearsome strikers in MMA history, basically, or the hardest hitters, I would say. Would you say they're the hardest hitters, probably Ngannou and Lewis, or the scariest knockout guys, at least? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Um, all right. He is 10-3 and three with one no contest in the UFC. Like I said, uh, you mentioned the three people he lost to. Um, he's won five of his last six. He won his last fight. He also was a wrestling champ before all this. All right. Um, one inch of height on Dalkus, four inches of reach, two years younger, and last weigh-ins, he was 25 pounds heavier than, than our chunky guy, Dalkus. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 375. First of all, are you surprised the odds are this high for this one? I am not. Mostly no? okay. just, I'm going to tip my hand. Mostly just because I think they're right. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. Yeah, I, I was. Maybe I was just hoping <laughs> that, that Blades' odds would be lower because it sounds like he's both our picks. Yeah, and like for me, the thing is, is just like Chris Dawkins is really good, right? Like there, there's yeah. no doubt he's got crazy knockout power, but he's also just like a guy who has n- never seen a wrestler like Chris or uh, Curtis Blades, right? Like Curtis Blades is incredible. Um, He's such a good takedown artist. And like, unless you hit him before he takes you down, you're probably going to lose the fight. Um, I I don't think Dawkins gets back up when, when Curtis Blades takes him down. Um, So yeah, no, I'm, I'm not particularly surprised that the odds are where they are. And I, I think they're about right, to be honest with you. And even even if you do hit him, if your name's not Derek Lewis or Francis Ngannou, you're probably getting taken down anyhow. So yeah, he, um, he's just gonna plow right through it. Exactly. He um, yeah, Blades is sounds like he's he's an easy pick for both of us. So sorry we can't give you more analysis on the main event, but really there isn't isn't much more uh, to say than that. So um, all right, on to the recommendation. Oh, well, what do you think of this this fight card? Are you excited for this fight card, Dan? I think there's a lot of fun prospects in it. I really love the Gutierrez versus Denal Baccarel fight. Yep. Um, I'm ex- obviously excited to see Manolo Firo fight. Uh, I think that flyweight fight kicking off the show or, or damn near kicking off the show between Dvorak and Nikolau yep. is really exciting. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot to be excited about here. And, and this may sound like something people are not expecting to hear, but I am a really big Curtis Blades fan. I really love watching him fight because I think his – his style is so dangerous to everybody um, yeah. in, in like he's kind of been unfairly listed as like a boring wrestler, but I, I think he's a lot of fun. He, he's also a friend of the top turtle MMA podcast, if I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah I've, I've interviewed him back in the day. Yep. All right. You want to make some recommended plays, Dan? Sure. It seems, it seems like we're more into like telling people to stay away from fights this week. So <laughs> are we, <laughs> we going to struggle? I, are, I've got one. Are we we're gonna, we're, I'm going to drop 100 bucks on one fight. No. Uh, all right, go ahead. Well, if I was going to drop 100 bucks on one fight, this is the <laughs> one I would do. Uh, instead, right. I'm going to tell you to play it for 30 bucks. Uh, I'm going to take Manol Firo inside the distance. I'm going to say Manol Firo. We're going to say by KO, too, because I don't think she's going to pick up the sub here. So if we were going just KO for Manol Firo, we're getting plus 225. Um, she's clearly going to win this fight. I, I think you could probably play her straight number and feel pretty good about it. But if you take a negative 500 favorite, turn her into a plus 225 underdog, you got to like that number. And that that is uh, KO plus TKO, correct? Correct. Yes. Kind of either, either of those. Yep. I, I am tailing that. I'll only put – I'm going to be a coward when you take 20 bucks on it but um, to make things a little different. But, yeah, I will be taking that pick as well. Fiero yeah, via a- knockout. 
Yeah, that one's an easy one. Uh, to follow that up, I'm going to take 30 bucks on Dinabot Guerrero. Um, you know, like I, I know we got him right around negative 150, and I know you're taking Chris Gutierrez. I think the power is just there. I think the speed is there. I think he could probably even outclass him for two out of three rounds. So I'm just going to take him straight up, 30 bucks to Nabok All right. Tough fight. I wouldn't make that a recommended play. But, hey, it's your uh, your funeral, Dan. Go right ahead. Um, do I want to take Let's let's take some uh, boring ones. I don't care if it's not much money. Curtis Blades, twenty bucks. Curtis Blades winning. Do I, will he finish him though? Will he TKO? Now nah, let's not get fancy. Let's just take Blades minus three seventy five to win the fight. Uh, good chance he ground and pounds him out. Um, but let's just. What are the odds for a finish? Actually, I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> maybe, do you have it in front of you? Maybe I'll get fancy. Yeah, I I do. Hang on. You're looking for. Are you looking for KO or do you want submission in there? Too? Uh, give me both. Uh, blades by KO is negative one ten. Okay, and what's blades, just him be a Blades finish? inside the distance is negative one twenty five. All right, let's do that. Blades inside the distance minus one twenty five twenty bucks on that. All right, uh, I'm gonna take twenty of my last forty bucks and put it on Matt Brown. All right, twenty on Brown winning just winning outright, right? Yep. Yep, because that's a good number. I was thinking of that one too. Um, Brown minus one ten. My spreadsheet's being stupid here. All right, let me fix my. I know this is exciting to, to hear me do this live. No, I'll fix it later. All right. Um. What do I like next? Uh, how much do I have? I've only spent forty bucks. I got lots of money left. Um, Askar Askarov, twenty bucks. Askar Askarov winning, minus three fifty. All right, I'm gonna take my last twenty bucks and play it on Alexei Olenek. Uh, I like the big plus money on him, and I think he gets uh, a sub. Yeah, I'm gonna just take him straight up because I do think there's actually a chance where he just outpositions Ilyowitzi for a really long time. Um, if you're looking for sub props, though, it goes all the way up to plus three fifty. So just keep that in mind. But I'll take him straight up here. All right. Um, you really think he could last for three full rounds though? He has recently. It, it's yeah, not like you're, you're talking lost. about him like he's some kind of weird <laughs> old guy, but like he he, he beat Fabrizio Verdum not two years ago by decision. Um, he's not a weird old guy. Come on. I mean, he is a weird old, old guy, guy, but still. like, but like he went three <laughs> rounds with Fabrizio Verdum and beat him two years ago. Um, okay. So so yeah, I do think he can do that. Wait, what did I get? Blades up minus one twenty five, right? Because I lost uh, yes. my spreadsheet. Yeah, right, good. All right, I've got 40 bucks left. Um, don't want to spread it out too much. Um, what was I thinking? Manon Fioro winning, just winning, minus 450. That's uh, the last 40 bucks is on that. I am, I am uh, all in on her in this event. So, uh, All right, so we've got 30 bucks. This is dance. 30 bucks, Manon Fioro via knockout slash TKO, plus 225. Very good number there. 30 bucks, Dana Batgarel to win, minus 150. 20 bucks on Matt Brown to win, minus 110. And 20 bucks on Alexi Olenek to win, plus 155. I, Jeff, Peebus, Austin Fox, 20 bucks, Manon Fioro via knockout, to, uh, plus 225. 20 bucks, Curtis Blades to win inside the distance, minus 125. 20 bucks, 
Askar Askarov to win minus three fifty, and then forty bucks Manolfi roll to win minus four fifty. All right, good. Do you have a parlay that you hit last week? The ten to one parlay Dan hit last week. It was only two fights, and he got his ten to one odds. Can you do it again this week, Dan? Yeah, I'm gonna do it with two fights again. Except no I'm gonna give, give you even better odds um, than ten to one. I'm gonna give you twelve to one. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Manolfi row by knockout or TKO, which is uh, a pick I already put out there. Um, yep. And I'm gonna I'm gonna add in Alexi Olenek wins by submission. Uh, you oh, put those so you're gonna lose now. You put those two together, twelve to one. And and I know it sounds crazy, and you don't trust Alexi Olenek, but man, that, <laughs> no, no, that's not, that's actually that, good. You're taking a woman who's finishing tons of people with her hands, and yep. a dude who's finished forty six people on the ground. Yes. And you're saying if they no, just do the thing that they've always done in their lives. You win 12 times your money? Yeah, I'm in on that. Yeah, no, that's actually a really like, – you're not you're not going to get uh, sure things at, <laughs> for 12 to 1. So that's actually very good. Uh, only two fights too. So can you do it again? If you did it two weeks in a row, Dan, oh, my gosh. You're already King Gumby. What's going to happen if you get two weeks in a row? What's, what's above the king, Dan? Whatever Putin uh, is. But, but benevolent dictator Gumby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Putin. Yeah, you, you can be Putin next. Fantastic. All right. Um Anything else we have to say about Stan? I, I think, think you – th- yeah, I think you got it all. All right. Dan has other podcasts other than this to record, so we should let him go. He's, he's a busy guy. <laughs> he's got that – and you can listen to what he says on these other podcasts on uh, Top Turtle MMA Podcast. Who's on this week? Have I asked you this yet? I don't think I have. Uh, you haven't. So I, I'm talking with Max Griffin, who we talked about a little bit early on. Hey. And uh, I'm also talking to David Onama, who is supposed to be on this fight card. Uh, sadly, his opponent got pulled. It was Tucker Lutz. Um, so he's without an opponent, but the interview is still kind of interesting because he talks about uh, his last knockout going viral and getting uh, kudos on Twitter from RG3, the NFL quarterback, which is uh, kind of a, a fun topic to talk about. There you go. Uh, and then he also has a prelim primer podcast where he primes you for the prelims with usually with a very smart co-host. So that will be dropping as well this week um, over in the, SGPN uh, land, sportsgamblingpodcast.com world. We have started rolling out our baseball previews because baseball is – spring is sprung, as a uh, former sponsor of ours says, and baseball is just around the corner. So um, Gummy's got stuff up there. I'll, I'll be having an article up there. A bunch of other writers have articles up there. So all of your baseball betting needs are at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Plus, obviously, we're covering every other sport. My UFC column will be up tomorrow with all my picks and so on, and I'll have my um, DraftKings UFC ready to roll on Friday morning. Um, follow us on – oh, subscribe and and read my stuff at moneymma.substack.com. I got all the fighter payouts there. I've got career earnings of fighters over there, including Patty Pimblett, who's – uh, been in the news about how little he's he got paid way less than I I had estimated he got paid. He basically he started at ten and ten. Dan, can you believe that? I can. He says he only yeah, got twelve. I, I, he says he only got twelve is less. Right. I can't. Usually, that. no guys with a name like him usually start a little bit higher. But yeah, he um, he got paid twelve and twelve for his last fight. So and, you know you can see his career earnings over on at uh, Money MMA Substack. Plus the pick'em contest that I've been running for what almost 12 years now that is on there free to play. You don't have to get a paid subscription. You just get a free one and you can win stuff And the sponsors, uh, sports gambling podcast. They're giving a $50 gift card to anywhere you want in the world. So, um, subscribe to money MMA, get in the pick em contest and you're good to go. 
Um, and Twitter, Jeff Fox writer. And as Dan said earlier, he is Gumby Vreeland. You can follow us there. Send us all your winning um, betting slips on uh, Saturday night slash Sunday morning um, so we can rejoice at our picks coming through. So um, I think that's all we got to say. We will be back on Sunday to recap this stuff and decide what we're going to do with the UFC being off next week. So we'll, we'll have something good to stick in your ear holes, I'm sure. Um, in the meantime, I will remain the pube assassin, Jeff Fox. He will remain Gumby Vreeland, and we'll talk to you on Sunday. Bye-bye.